Blog Talk Radio. We want to welcome you to another episode on MBKI Radio Broadcasting Network. Prepare yourselves and get ready and allow the Spirit of the Lord to transform your mind. And here's your host, Apostle Anthony Baxter. needs to make that confession of faith tonight. Say it. I will never be the same. Not after being with you. Amen. Amen. I want to welcome each and every person to MBKI's Beta Mentoring Conference Line, where I'm your host, Apostle Anthony Baxter. Amen. Glory be to God. We have just came back. We just ran in. (laughs) So we do apologize that we're a little bit late, but we were at a pastoral conference uh, that we were at, and uh, it was really needed. It was really needed that that, uh, feeling was needed. Amen. Hallelujah. So we are are blessed to be able to uh, make it home in time so that we can be a blessing to our sons and daughters, and all those others that are listening in. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we give thanks, honor, and praise unto you. We thank you, God, for being the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you, Lord, for giving us a breath to take part in this day that you have made and a breath to give you praise, hallelujah, in this day that you have made. You tell us to rejoice and to be glad in it, Father God. Hallelujah. So if there's anything that is going on in this day that has brought any sadness, any heaviness, hallelujah, any hurt, Father God, we come against those things now. We give them to you and we lay them on the altar, Lord God. Hallelujah. For exchange for your peace, for your love, and for your joy, which is our strength. Hallelujah. We take this day, Father God, hallelujah, and we just set it aside. Hallelujah so that we may focus upon you and what it is that you have for us to receive in this hour. Lord God, I welcome each and every person that is here. I pray for them, their families. I pray for good health. I pray for financial wealth. Father God, I pray that the windows of heaven may open and throw them out of blessing. Father, for you know the needs of your people, Father God. So we just say thank you. Thank you for fulfilling our need. You say, if you believe, we shall receive by faith. It is done and it is so. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So we are on week four of our prophetic training. Amen. Our prophetic training. Glory be to God. So today we're going to be talking about the seer realm, the seer realm. Hallelujah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give each person uh, about 30 seconds or so to go get a pen, go get a notepad, go get your Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. And 
if, if, if you want to, invite a friend. Go tell a friend. We're about to go over some deep prophetic uh, teachings pertaining to the seer realm. So all of those true prophets, we don't need no false prophets. Hallelujah. Those prophetic folks, which is all of us, because if you have the spirit of the Lord in you, you are prophetic. Amen. Glory be to God. Invite a friend. Tell him to come on in and get what it is the Lord has for us. Amen. So go ahead, get what you need, and we'll come back. We'll be going to 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 9. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. All right. So now that you have your Bibles, you have your pen, you have your notepad, now y'all are prepared. Glory be to God. We're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 9, and we're going to read verse 9. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, uh, who has their Bible turned to 1 Samuel 9 and verse 9? If you could read that for me, please, I would greatly appreciate it. Formerly in Israel, if someone... If someone went to inquire of God, they would say, Come, let us go to the seer, because the prophet of today used to be called a seer. Amen, amen. It says, Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he used to say, Come, and let us go to the seer. For he who is called... A prophet now was formerly called a seer, a seer. So we're going to be looking at two different types of prophets, uh, a Nabi prophet and the seer prophet. A Nabi prophet that's spelled N-A-H-B-I, Nabi prophet, and a seer prophet. Now, a Nabi prophet, a prophet who declares the word of the Lord as he is given them, okay? A Nabi prophet is a prophet who declares the words of the Lord as he is given them. Now, the, the Nabi prophet often hears and repeats as he is spoken to by the spirit of the Lord. Okay, so he's repeating what he's hearing from the Spirit of God. He often receives revelation from the Lord in spontaneously, faster flowing, inspired thoughts or words. Sometimes the Navi prophet will use the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues when given prophetic words by the Holy Spirit. Words the, the Navi prophet will often begin by saying, I hear the Lord saying. So have you ever had a word from a real prophet and he says, I hear the spirit of the Lord saying. See, he, he's operating as a, a Navi prophet. He's hearing, he's hearing 
the Lord speak. And he's repeating what the Lord is speaking. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, for you prophets, for you Navi prophets out there. Amen. Remember this. When the Spirit of the Lord stops speaking, you stop speaking. You don't add to what the Spirit of the Lord has spoken. When he shuts up, you shut up. Because what happens is sometimes we can get excited or we can begin to, to, to say things that the Spirit is not saying to us. Then it does not, it is not the, the word of the Lord. It becomes your word. And don't nobody want to hear your word. If you're a prophet, they come in to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Not the Spirit of Anthony or the Spirit of, 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 of Mary or the Spirit of, of George, but, but of God. So when he stops, you stop. You get individuals that know that you are a real prophet, amen, and they'll come up and say, has the Spirit of the Lord given you a word for me? Now, if the Spirit of the Lord ain't said nothing, don't say nothing. No, he hasn't. It's only pride that brings you to a place to say, oh, well, uh, let me see. Hmm. The Spirit of the Lord says, no, don't do that, because that's witchcraft. The Spirit of the Lord ain't saying nothing, and your mouth is flapping, talking about the Spirit of the Lord said, don't do that. Amen? Stay real. Stay authentic. And stay a vessel of God. Not a vessel of man. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the seer, a seer prophet is one who emphasizes vision and the revelatory gift versus the audible speaking gift. So, a seer is more so of a vision, he sees in visions, he, he, he speaks audibly what he's seeing in his mind. A seer will often operate at a slower pace in the delivery of the prophetic word as they describe the picture and image in their mind. You see, see the seer type rallies heavenly upon the presence of God and angelic visitations to initiate the revelatory realms, when, 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 when given prophetic words, the seer will often begin by saying, I see. Now, this one I relate with because I'm more of a seer. I, I, I see. You see? So I, I'll say, well, this, yeah, I see. This is what I see. Uh, this is what I see. This is what I'm seeing. But then at times, I hear. So, so, so you can go from one side to the other side. Amen? But the bottom line is, you are moving as a prophet. Now, remember now, last week, I think we were talking about the word of knowledge. We were talking about the word of knowledge. We were talking about the week before, we were talking about the prophetic. So we must understand that the office and the gift are two separate entities. The office of a prophet and the gifts, the prophetic gifts, are two separate entities. So because you prophesy, because you give words of knowledge, hallelujah, does not mean that you're a prophet. That's the office. Amen? So remember that. Remember that. Remember that. Because there's a lot of people moving as, 
as so-called prophets, but they, they, they have not, God has not called them into the office. And what they're doing is they're calling havoc upon themselves because they're dealing with the realm of the spirit that they have not been equipped with. Remember, if God has called you to something, he's equipped you to that something. So if you have not been called to that something, you aren't equipped for that something. So what happens? All hell breaks loose in your life and you don't understand or can you fight against it because you have not been equipped for that something. So stay in your lane. Amen. So the seer says, I see. And the Nabi says, I hear the word of the Lord. Now, we're going to talk about the seer and the Nabi and the importance of delivering the seer gift. The seer gift. The importance of developing the seer gift. Mm-hmm. Turn to uh, Philippians chapter 2 and 6. Philippians chapter 2 and 6. See, Jesus, who was 100% God, came to earth as 100% man and modeled what ministry should look like when we are in total submission to the will of God. Now, not one miracle that Jesus did, did he use his his power, but as a man. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rephrase that. God as Christ did not use his glory as God. He used the power that is in man, that all of us with the spirit of God has. So don't assume when you read the Gospels that all of what you're reading, he did because he is God. No, he did because he was man filled with the spirit of God. As we are filled with the spirit of God, we have the capability of doing even greater works is what Christ says in the word. Amen. Amen. See, the potential is available to each of us to do what Jesus did. So this statement should provoke us to remove all sin and unbelief in our lives so we can draw nearer to him. So we could draw nearer to him. As we uh, draw nearer to him, we will be able to see what he is doing and model that in our ministry. See, as we draw nearer to Christ, the glory of Christ shines greater upon us the closer we get. He says, if you draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you. And as we draw closer to him and he draws closer to us, the closer we get to the light and the further we get from the darkness. So the darkness that is in us has to fall off of us and more the light that we're drawing near to will come into us, which gives us the ability of seeing greater, which gives us the ability of hearing greater, which gives us the ability of doing greater because we are closer to the glory. Amen. 
Hallelujah. So let's read Philippians chapter 2 and 6 pertaining to the 100% man. Hallelujah. Who got that uh, Philippians 2 and 6? Who would like to read that for me, please? Who being in very nature, <clears throat> in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. I'm reading from an NIV. Okay, you were kind of breaking up pretty severely there, but I do appreciate you uh, stepping up and reading that. I'm going to go ahead and reread it because you kind of came through a little robotic, but again. I do appreciate you stepping up and reading the verse. Philippians chapter 2 and 6 read, Christ Jesus who existed in the form of God did not consider uh, equality with God as something to be used to his advantage. What is it saying? Because he was God, he did not use his power as God, hallelujah, being Christ upon the earth. Amen. All right. Instead, he emptied himself by assuring, excuse me, by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of man. So he left all his glory in heaven and he came down just a a man, a slave, a servant to us here in the world. A king, the king of kings became a slave of slaves upon the earth. And he had to go to the cross as a man to represent us as a man. So what am I saying? Philippians is letting us know that he was 100% man. He had emotions. He had feelings. He had fears. He had all the same things that we have. So when you read the Gospels, like I stated, don't look at, oh, well, he, he, he was God. That's why he was able to do that. He called, he called Lazarus out the grave because he was God. He know he was man with the spirit, the same spirit that we have access to. Amen? But the question is, do you believe it? The question is, do you believe it? We can do all things through Christ, the Bible says. Do you believe it? Because if you believe it, you can receive it. There's many people that don't receive their healing because they don't believe it. There's many people that have the power, hallelujah, to cast out devils, but they don't believe it. Believe faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. See, Jesus lived his life from a place of intimacy, an inner relationship with God. Only speaking what he heard the Father saying and only doing what he saw the Father doing. See, Jesus lived a life without other options. How many options do you have? We have so many different options. 
Let me see. I'm going to share with you. I'm going to share with you. So we're going down the road. Now, I'm looking at the time, right? And then I, 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 I you know, I, I, I'm going I'm to be real with y'all. Now, listen, I want to go play golf. I want to go to a You know how long it's been since I've been able to play golf? It's been some time. So I got these brand new golf clubs. And, 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 and a son of ours and the Lord bought me these beautiful golf shoes. And I'm like, I would like to go get these golf clubs and go to the driving range, right? But that's what I want to do. But see, we are, are uh, 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 dedicated to the Lord and what he has given us to do. So at 6 o'clock, we have beta mentoring. See? Now, I could have said, you know, well, screw beta mentoring. We'll just go ahead and do that next week, you know, because I'm, I'm going to go play golf. You see, but I already know how that I would feel in my spirit, and I and and, and I would feel bad being out there knowing that 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 our sons and our daughters and people in other countries and all this other are 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 are, are looking forward to receiving what God has. So what are we to do? We're to, we're to stay obedient. We are to stay aligned. Hallelujah, just like Christ did, without no other options. There is no other options. When God says, this is what you have, I have for you to do, there is no other options. No, this is it. When, 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 when you sign up to serve the Lord, it's what he says, it's not what you desire. Amen? Glory be to God. Remember that. John chapter 5 and verse 19 says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. Now, like I said, we have so many different things to distract us today. Amen? You see, now, if I seen God playing golf, I'd be like, well, I'm going to do what I see my father do. He playing golf. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, but no, you know, we must stay obedient to the word of God and, and to the things that God has placed in our hands to do. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's go on. So we're going to be looking at the seer gift is a restoration of our spiritual sight that we had in the garden. The gift of seeing is restoration of the spiritual sight that we had in the garden. Turn to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. Genesis Chapter 3 and verse 6. See, our sight before the fall was different. Now, do y'all know that? The way that we seen before the fall in the garden was different 
than the site that we have currently. Now, this, this is my opinion, but I believe that Adam and Eve could see God. They could see God. I believe that during the walk in the garden with the Father, they could see more than we see now. Now, in the following verses we're going to be reading, Eve, uh, she sees that the tree was good for food. If, if, if you have never seen or hear of a certain barrier of fruit, would, 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 would that tell you that it was good for food? The eyesight before the garden contained a level of discernment which I do not see many people walking in today. Genesis 3 and 6 reads this. It says, Then the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. All of this came from what she's seen. Now, after they ate from the tree and fell into sin, note that the scripture says that their eyes were open. Now, the eyes that were open were due to the knowledge of good and evil or sin. These are the eyes that opened up. So if we continue to read, it says she took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sold fig leaves together and made themselves Loin coverings. They were shameful. They were shameful. You see, when you have no shame, you walk around naked. See, that's a, that's a, that's a, uh, 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 I can't think of the word I'm trying to use, but they're using the nakedness as a symbol because when you are, are free of, you know, all, every, you know, you have nothing to hide. You'll walk around naked. I ain't got nothing to hide. But when you got some things going on that you don't want people to know about, you want to hide some stuff. You see what I'm saying? That 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 guilt will begin to eat, at, and 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 you want to begin to cover up stuff. Cover up. You know what I'm saying? So that's what they're doing. They're covering up sin or trying to. Amen. See, their eyes were open but they could not see the Lord walking in the garden with these open eyes because they lost spiritual sight and they begin to walk in fleshly sight, natural sight. Amen. Like we see today. Amen. In verse eight of chapter three of 
Genesis. It says, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. So they couldn't see him no more, but they can hear him in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Why would they do that? Well, I would be kind of fearful because I'm so used to seeing. But now I can only hear. And I don't know where he's coming from, but I hear him coming. Now, if you remember Jesus, when he was on the cross, he cried out when God turned his back upon him because he couldn't look at the sin that was upon him. He cried out because he's never, ever, 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 ever been apart from God. So here, Adam and Eve in the beginning that were with God, now they are not able to relate with God in a way that they were accustomed to because they could not see him anymore. And God said, Adam, where art thou? Where y'all at? Because he's never, well, he knew where they were at. You know, that's God. He knew what was going on. But he just wanted to see what they would say. Amen. We have some other verses that will support what I'm saying here. We can go to John. I'm just going to give you these verses. You can write them down and you can look over them a little later. John chapter 12, verse 39 and 40. You can go to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 11. You can go to John chapter 9, verse 39 through 41. All of these will support what it is that I'm speaking to you pertaining to the restoration of your spiritual sight, how it was lost in the garden and through the rebirth. Hallelujah. You can receive your sight back. Your sight back. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about how to see in the spirit. How do we see in the spirit? Looking for visions, looking for visions. So we're going to we're going to look over a couple of different scriptures in the book of Daniel. Turn to chapter four and we're going to read over verse five here shortly. Daniel chapter four and verse five. Now, Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel experienced their experiences are important for us to learn how to press into a vision, how to press into a vision. It is important to be comfortable in your heart that God uses our minds to speak to us by his voice visions and dreams now again now remember we we've gone through these i think in lesson two where it speaks of the different ways that god speaks to us remember through voice visions and dreams are a few okay so let's go and look at daniel chapter four and verse five where it reads i nebuchadnezzar 
was at ease in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream and it made me fearful. And these fantasies as I lay on my bed and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. Have y'all been on your bed and had visions in your mind? And maybe those visions in your mind alarmed you. Maybe they, they brought some fear as you were on your bed sleeping. And these visions kind of hit you the wrong way. The Bible says in uh, Daniel verse 10, it goes on and says this. Now, these were the visions in my mind as I laid on my bed. I was looking and behold, there was a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. Now, in the following verses, Nebuchadnezzar sees an angel. He, he saw the angel in his mind. Seeing the angel in his mind is as real as if seeing the angel standing before him in the natural. See, we need to learn to try what we see in our mind. Try what we see in our mind. Amen. Because what we're doing is we're seeing in the spirit from our mind. You see, we've we 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 we've been trained and we've gotten used to what we see with our physical eye is what we see. But we must understand that we have a spiritual eye that we must begin to uh, 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 practice seeing and understanding what we're seeing is. Well, it's true, it's real, but it's not in the natural realm. It's in the spirit realm, seeing with a spiritual eye, seeing with the spiritual eye. If we go to verse 13 in Daniel chapter 4, it says, I was looking in the vision in my mind as I lay on the bed, and behold, an angelic watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. See, Daniel's experience is another great example of when we see visions in our mind, they are real and of great importance. They are real and of great importance. You see, what we tend to do at times is we tend to just kind of no, I don't. That's oh my god, that's crazy. What I was just thinking that you know that was oh my god, I had a vision. Oh, that was crazy. You know what I mean? But it's real, and this is where the enemy really gets us because there's some real stuff going on in the spirit that God is showing us through a spiritual eye that is opening, but we don't believe it. That's not faith. See, God is trusting us because he created us, but because of the fall, hallelujah, he sent his son down, hallelujah, because he loves us enough that his son went to the cross, died and resurrected so that we can have the ability 
to see. Have the ability to see. Why? So that we can know what is going on and what's after us and give us the power, hallelujah, to come against it with the weaponry that he has given us. But how can we know if we don't see, if we don't see? Daniel chapter 7, verse 1 through 3, it reads this. In the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream, a vision in his mind as he lay on his bed. Then he wrote the dream down. I'm going to stop right there. Listen, people. If you are prophetic, you know, you got some people that they, they dream continually every night, dreaming, dreaming. You know, you're an individual that you might want to get a recorder or you might want to get a notepad and pen and set it on your nightstand. Okay? Because the Bible says to write the vision. We see here Daniel, he says that he was on his bed and had a vision in his mind, and as he lay on the bed, then he wrote the dream down and related the following summary of it. So he wrote down what he seen. See, a vision being in Daniel's mind. Now, note how Daniel began to take an active role in posturing himself to receive the vision and go deeper into the vision. Now, watch this. When the vision started, Daniel turned aside. He blocked out distractions and started looking into his vision. So, when you have a dream that is pressing upon your spirit, God is going to give you the ability of understanding what it is that he is trying to tell you through the parables of the dream that he is giving you. But you must posture yourself to receive what it is that God has for you to receive. You must press in to the vision. What do I mean by pressing in? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. Daniel 7 and 2 says this, I was looking in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts were coming up from the sea, different from one another. Okay? So Daniel continues to posture himself Concentrating on the vision and keeps looking as he sees this vision unfolding. Now, there it is right there. It says Daniel continues to posture himself. It says that Daniel concentrate. So what is it saying? He meditated. What is it saying? He kept his mind focused upon the vision that God had given him until it began to unravel. 
He kept looking. He did not allow the cares of the world to distract him. He kept his mind upon the vision that he had. How many of you woke up and you said, oh, my God, what a dream. And then you said, well, I, 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 when I, and you go to the bathroom and you come back and you don't forgot to dream. Have you ever done that? Has, has anybody ever had that, that happen to them? You know, you go to the bathroom, look second, and bam, you don't even remember the dream no more. Has anybody dealt with that? Give me a yes, give me a no, give me a I don't know. Say something. Yeah, yeah sometimes. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, this ain't about me. This is about us, y'all. So, let me tell you. There's a thing called dream snatchers. They'll snatch your dream up. The Bible says when a word goes forth that it may fall on stony ground or, 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 or the birds may, may come and pick it up and take it away. Dream snatchers. They'll take it because they don't want you to understand what God is, is trying to tell you. Because whatever God is trying to tell you is coming against darkness. So they want you to forget about it so they can do what they want to do. But let me tell you something. When you press and you meditate, what will happen is a glimpse of peace of that dream will come back. And when you grab a hold of that peace and you meditate upon that peace, what will happen is you're pulling that dream back and it will unfold itself. But you got to press. You got to press. Believe me, I'm speaking from experience. Amen. So the Bible says this, that he continued to posture himself. He concentrated on the vision. He, he, he keeps looking. He keeps, he keeps looking. He keeps looking at the vision. He keeps looking at the little piece that, 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 that he remembers. Because sometimes what happens is, is we'll just remember a piece. And, and little glimpses of little other pieces come, but we can't grab them. So we got to grab a hold of that bigger piece and just focus upon it, meditate upon it, press into that thing, and allow the other pieces to join themselves to the bigger piece, the fragments to come together to the bigger piece, to make it bigger, to make it bigger, to make it bigger, to where now you're remembering the dream as you're writing. Meditate. See, when you write... Let me tell you something. When, when, when I write a dream that I've had, as I'm writing, my mind is focused upon the dream. And so as I'm writing, I'm getting more and more. Sometimes I got to go back up because there's a piece that the Spirit of the Lord gives me that I forgot that just came back into position. So I got to write that up here, and then I got to write this a little bit down here. You know what I mean? But what happens after all is said and done is I got the vision. Now I can begin to allow the spirit of the Lord to translate it to where I can see what God is trying to say to me, what he might be trying to warn me about, what he may be telling me to, to tell someone else, because it's something when it's a dream from God. Now, remember that we have fleshly dreams, we have demonic dreams, and we have Angelic dreams, spiritual dreams from God. So, so we must understand where is this dream coming from. Or oh, this is demonic. Well, hey, I ain't gonna worry about it. What I'm gonna do though is I'm gonna pray against everything that took place in that dream. Amen. Because remember, what is going on in the spirit is realer than anything that you see upon the earth. 
Amen. So pray against that thing. Hallelujah. Whatever took place, hallelujah, in that dream that I just had, that demonic dream, as the demons tried to come against me, Lord, cancel it out right now. Anything that I may have eaten in that dream, oh God, hallelujah, take it out of me right now, Lord God. Let it not, hallelujah, do any damage to me in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If there was sex taking place in that dream, I break the soul tie. Hallelujah. I come against that demon, that 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 spiritual wife or that spiritual husband. I divorce them now. I tear up the contract in the name of Jesus. Come against that thing. Hallelujah. And those fleshly dreams that we may have, same thing. Oh God, hallelujah. That is my selfishness, my flesh, hallelujah, desiring such a thing. I come against it now, Lord God. Come against it. And then those things that are spiritual, hallelujah, you got to figure out what is it God you're saying. Hallelujah. Are you are you warning me? Are you directing me? Are you are, are, are you just conversing with me? Are you building me up by the things you're saying? Are you sharing with me things that I've had questions about that you're answering in a dream? Because during the, the daytime, my reasoning seems to get in the way and I it, it, won't, it won't go through. So you want to speak to me, hallelujah, in the midnight hour. Oh God, because he will walk like it says in the beginning. It says that God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. So do you do you believe that God will come and he will visit you and he will walk with you? He will talk with you. He will love upon you in the cool of the day while you are on your bed. Ha, Rebel Sunday. Glory be to God in a vision. In a vision. Yes, he will. He'll do it. My God. Listen. So. Mm hmm. Yeah. So. In verse 4 of Daniel chapter 7, it says this. The first was like a lion and had the wings of an eagle and kept looking until its wings were plucked and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. My God. And then it says this. Then it says this in, in, in verse Six in in Daniel chapter seven says he says after this he says I kept looking and behold another one like a leopard and then in verse seven it says I keep looking and it says in the night vision and behold a fourth beast and then by verse nine Daniel has been pressing into his vision for some time now he didn't give up. He kept pressing as he continued to uh, contend and press. So it says a word here, contend. That, that, that's like a wrestling word. That's, that's like, a, like a tugging word. I'm tugging this way, you tugging that way. What is he tugging with? Steve, the word of the Lord. He's contending. He's pressing. He's warring. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We must contend with darkness to receive what it is that God has for us. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Verse 9 reads this. I kept looking until thorns were set up. And the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was 
like white snow, and his hair, and his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with fire, flame, excuse me. Its wheels were a burning fire. See, Daniel continues to press in and look into his vision. Finally, in verse 13, he has an encounter with Jesus. He has an encounter with Jesus. Let's read Daniel chapter 7, verse 11 and 12, before we get to that encounter with Jesus. He read, he, it reads this. Then he kept looking because of the sound of the voiceful words which the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. As the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away. But as an extension of life was granted to them as an appointed period of time. An appointed period of time. Then it says, I kept looking in the night vision, in the dream. And behold, with the cloud of heaven... One like a son of man was coming, and he came up to the ancient of days and was presented before him, and was presented before him. See, the apostle John positioned himself to receive visions as well. See, we cannot make Visions happen or imagine them on our own. Okay, they, 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 I mean these type of visions, we can't make them happen because there's a purpose behind them. There's a spiritual prophetic purpose behind them. Amen. But we can position ourselves to receive visions from the Lord. Okay. So we can't make them happen, but we can position ourselves to receive them when they happen. It says that John was caught up into a vision when he was in prayer and in the spirit. Got that? You got that? He was in prayer and he was in the spirit. How do we position ourselves? By prayer and being in the spirit. We can position ourselves to receive a vision as such. In Revelation chapter 10 and 11, it reads this. I was in the spirit of the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a sound of a trumpet saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches. And send it to the seven churches. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, it reads this. After these things, I look and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard, had heard, like a sound of the trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place 
after these things. Immediately, I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne standing in heaven. So through prayer and being in the spirit, we can receive visions. Now, remember, I, I remember this. I, if y'all don't remember anything that I say, remember this. Visions are real. These type of visions, these are real. Okay? See, what we do is we throw them away. We, we oh, you know, we, we forget about them. But see, sometimes we'll have a dream that just presses upon our heart. Just presses. And we, we, it's like I know this God is trying to tell me something through this dream. Well, we must press into that dream to receive what it is the Spirit of the Lord is trying to tell us through the vision. Because it is real. It's real. It's real. See, another way to increase the value we place upon these the thoughts and visions within our mind is to remember that God treats that what we see or think in our minds as real as the actual act. As the actual act. Mm-hmm. You remember what Jesus said. Jesus said this. He said, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, heart is translated, but it means mind. So when you look at upon a woman or you look upon a man in your mind thinking about what it would be like to go romp a room around in the bed with that person, you have committed adultery even though you have not physically did the act. Why? Because God assumes, now he does not assume, what goes on in your mind he sees is real. Because in the spirit realm, it is. So this is why we must be very mindful of what we think. This is why the Bible says, guard your heart. It means your mind. Amen? He also told us this in Matthew 5, 21 and 22. He says, you have heard that the ancients were told you shall not commit murder. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the courts. But I say to you that anyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the courts. So what is it saying? It's saying that being angry is just like murder. So if you're angry at somebody, I would say, why don't you go and make up, kiss up, and get uh, that anger out of you because God sees that anger as murder. Amen? It's real, y'all. What goes on in our mind, those visions, they are real. Do you know, let me tell you something. This is for you men. There's many men that have dreams, sexual dreams, 
there's this nice, voluptuous woman, and oh my God, and you know, there's a lot of men I remember, you know, be like, man, I had this dream of this woman, man, and man, the phone running, and woke, I woke up, and I was like, dang, I want to get back to that dream. But they don't understand that what was taking place was real. And it wasn't a nice, beautiful woman. It was a demon that was dressed up to meet your desire, that thing that would, that, 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 that would turn you on. That would turn you on and vice versa to women. This stuff is real. Amen. The transfiguration that took place, hallelujah, that took place was real. The vision, the transformation was when the three disciples saw Jesus and Elijah and Moses. This event was called a vision, a vision of the mind from God can transform a person's life. Just imagine if you were one of the apostles and you were up there and all of a sudden Jesus said, hey, y'all just just chill out right here. I'm going to walk on up here. I'll be back in just a couple minutes. And the next thing you saw was Elijah and Moses talking to Jesus. And Jesus then transformed. He's all all light and this and that and the third. Man, that would that would change all kind of stuff. That would change all kind of stuff. Amen. Amen. Let's look at this. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother. Those were his ace boon coons. Them was his partners because there was 12 apostles, but see, these were the ones that were very close to him. So what am I saying? I'm saying for y'all leaders, you know, you have a, a very a tight circle, you have a inner circle, and you have an outer circle, and then you have just those other all where all the other people are way out there, 50 feet away. Amen. So these were his homies. These were the ones that hallelujah he took with him, that he was close to. He shared a lot of things with. Amen. Glory be to God. So he goes on to say this, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his garments became as white as light and behold Moses and Elijah appeared to them taking with him Peter said to Jesus Lord is it good for us to be here if you wish I will make three tabernacles here one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah now while he was Speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, the voice came out of the cloud, said this, is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Now, when the disciples heard this, they fell down to their face to the ground and were terrified. And Jesus came to them and said, and touched them and said, Get up and do not be afraid. And lifting their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. My God. 
Do you know sometimes an angel may be in our midst, but we call in a demon because we're scared? When many of the angels would come to them, they would say, fear not. Amen. Sometimes we in our home and we'll get feel a presence and we will get fearful. But instead of discerning the spirit, we go straight into warfare because we assume that is a demon. But sometimes we must discern the spirit and see where that spirit comes from. Where that spirit comes from. Glory be to God. I thank you. Mm, my God. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Discern the spirit and know that it is of God. Hallelujah. Matthew 19, hallelujah, 1 and 9, it says, As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. If you have a desire to experience more life-changing visions and encounters in your life, you simply need to ask. Just ask. The Bible tells us, it says, ask and it shall be given. Right? It says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Are you asking? Are you asking God for the things that you desire from the spirit? Realmar, from the spirit of God? And when you ask, do you believe that he'll give it? Faith without works is dead. You can't ask and not believe and expect it. Do you understand that our imagination was created by God for God? Our imagination was created by God for God. Amen? Our imagination is another word for using our mind. Imagination is another word for using our mind. Okay? Now, our imagination is like an organ created by God so we could communicate with an unseen realm. Okay? Now, our imagination is our spiritual eyes, or as the following verse refers to it as eyes of our heart. Eyes of our heart. Eyes of our heart. My God. Look at Ephesians 1 and 18 says this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? In who? The saints. In who? The saints. What does he pray? That the eyes of our hearts be enlightened. Amen. Glory be to God. And I pray that for you as well, that your eyes 
of your heart be enlightened. I decree and declare it over your life right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you will see like you've never seen before and that you will hear the voice of the Lord like never before in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. See, when we think of our imagination, most of us think of our childhood imaginary friends, our uh, imagining situations and games when we played. Uh, uh, Children love the imaginary realm and are easily engaged there. You remember being a kid, you know, and, 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 you know, you would, your imagination, I mean, you, it was just so, oh my God, you know, I I remember I used to take a, a, a piece of paper and I would take a pen and I would just scribble, just scribble, just scribble, just scribble, scribble. And then I would get my colored pens and I would, color in the little gaps between the, you know, and make this, 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 this picture. And all of it was based upon my imagination. Our imaginations were so healthy and so vibrant. But see, what happens is as we grow up, the world pushes down the imagination of adults. You know, we, 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 we get caught up with the hustle and bustle, you know, we get caught up with the hustle and bustle, and we 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 leave the imagination for children, so-called. But our imagination was created for God by God. See, we deal in the everyday realities of life, and many of us allow the world to tell us that the use of our imagination is regarded as foolishness. And says by reserve, it's reserved for children. So what we do, we don't even use the imagination because the world tells us it's, it's, it's for kids. Just like trick for kids. The imagination is for kids. No, it's not. The imagination was created by God for God. Amen. So what we need to do is this. We need to sanctify our imagination. Because many of us have have an unhealthy demonic imagination. What do I mean by that? Well, we fill it with porn. We fill it with things we don't need to see being sanctified vessels. Amen. The eyes, they say, are the windows to the soul. So we, we must guard our heart. We must guard our heart. Hallelujah. How many of y'all, you listen to some music, and in your imagination, you go back to that time, the woman or the man you were, you were dating, if something tragic happened during that time when that music was out, you go back to that, you know, your imagination pulls you here, pulls you there. But see, all of this is real, because it really happens. Amen. It has a way of affecting your emotions. Your imagination pulls it, pulls it back up. Amen. Amen. So we must guard our heart. We must guard our imagination from those things that we know that will pull us this way or will pull us that way. Amen. Because the way we want to go is up. We don't want to go down. Amen. We want to get lighter. We don't want to get heavier. Amen. But see, we have the ability and the choice to do either or. It's up to you. 
examples of the use of a sanctified imagination. I'm just going to run through these real quick for the sake of time. I'm going to give you what it is, and I'm going to give you the scripture you can take and read over it, amen, and allow it to bless you, allow it to bless you. Hallelujah. Examples of the use of a sanctified imagination. The building of the temple. Uh, you can look at Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 2 and 3, dealing with King David and what King David said to Nathan. Amen. The tabernacle in First Chronicles chapter 29 and 18. Amen. Glory be to God. Prophetic word for a nation in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. The directions for the church. Acts chapter 5, verse 5 through 10. And the direction for evangelism in Acts chapter 16. In verse 9, and seeing in the heavenly realms in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. Let me ask you this. Do you think that God would use a polluted mind that's full of nothing but crap? See, when we come to God, one of the things that God wants to do is he wants to cleanse us. Of all unrighteousness. He wants us to get into his word. So that our minds can be washed. Of the things of this world. And we can begin to put. Some sanctified Holy Ghost. uh, uh, Things within our mind. To cleanse it. To sanctify it. So he can use it for his glory. This is why the enemy tries to pull us to do certain things, to listen to certain things, to watch certain things, so that our mind can stay polluted and not be used by God. Allow God to use your mind, but it's going to take you walking in the will of God, doing the things of God, and staying righteous before God. So that he can use your imagination For his kingdom Faith to see Faith To see See I've heard many people In referring to Enoch Say that he was taken to heaven And did not see death Because he got so close to God And God loved him so much. Actually, the scriptures tell us Enoch was taken to heaven because of his faith. Now, our faith is powerful and is necessary to release the promises of heaven over our life. Over our life. Enoch's not, he's not really talked about that much in the Bible, but there are some places that he is talked about. There are books out there pertaining to Enoch. 
Hallelujah. But we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 and 6. Real quick, real, real quick for uh, 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 time's sake. Amen. I'm just going to read real quick. Hallelujah. By faith, it says Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. That's Hebrews chapter 11, 5 and 6. Now, our level of prophetic ability is gifting is determined by our faith. Our level of prophetic ability and gifting is determined by our faith. So my question to you is, how much faith do you really have? The Bible says if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll be able to move mountains. So are you moving mountains? Don't say you got a whole bunch of faith. Because if you ain't moving mountains, uh, all you need is faith is a mustard seed. Now, mustard seed is very, very small. Do you got that mustard seed faith? Time for us to get it, y'all. I ain't there yet. But I'm striving to get there. I want y'all to strive to get there as well. Amen. We need it. We need it. We need that mustard seed faith. Glory be to God. Talks about in Romans chapter 12 and 6. It says, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of what? Our faith. So the more faith, the more prophetic you will move. Amen. Mark chapter 6 and uh, verse, excuse me, Mark chapter 9 and verse uh, 23 reads this. All things are possible to him who believes, to him who has faith. Not some things, not a quarter of the things, not half of the things, but all things are possible to him who believes. Do you believe? If you believe, there's nothing that you can't do. Amen. Glory be to God. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 reads this. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, Believe that you have received them and they will be granted you. All we got to do is believe. Believe. Have faith. Believe. Let me ask you something. When you turned on your computer or you, you picked up your phone to dial into this, did you believe that you'd get in? You didn't even think about it because you knew you would. That's faith. See, we all got faith. We all got faith. But where are you putting your faith in? Where are you putting your faith in? We need to put our faith in Christ. We're going to look at this, and we're going to be closing here real quick. Three steps into the seer realm. We're going to be looking at three steps to take us into the seer realm. Three steps. Hallelujah. 
three steps. Glory be to God. So how do we posture ourselves to see visions and operate in the seer realm? How do we do that? Ask God to baptize you with a fire of holiness and remove the uncleanliness of this world from you, your mind. Then press in. Contend for a greater anointing in the seer realm. Contend for a greater anointing in the seer realm. Finally, when the vision, the, the vision begins, trust they are from God and receive them like a child. Receive them like a child. Don't question them. Don't allow your reasoning to reason with what it is God has given. A child does not reason. A child just receives it and runs with it. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. Matthew 5 and 8 reads this. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew chapter 11 and 12 reads this. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but violent men take it by force, pressing in. Mark chapter 10 and verse 15 reads this. Truly I say to you, ever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. So, again, how do we posture ourselves to see visions and operate in the seer realm? We ask God to baptize us with fire of holiness and remove the uncleanliness of this world from us so that we have a pure heart, like it says in Matthew Five and eight. Then we press in. We press in and contend for a greater anointing in the seer realm, like in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. For the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but violent men take it by force. Amen. And then finally, when the vision begins, they trust they are from God and receive them like a child. Like it states here in Mark chapter 10 and 15, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. It's all scriptural. It's all scriptural. These three steps are scriptural. If you follow these three steps, God is not a man to where he shall lie. You will increase your seeing. You will increase in the visions from God. You will increase. Amen. Amen. Here's the homework for the week, y'all. Here's the homework for the week. Listen. Practice activation daily that will allow God to restore your visionary capacity. Okay? Now, quiet your mind and ask.
ask the Lord to show you visions. Okay, quiet your mind and ask the Lord to show you visions. Now, a vision can come very faint. If it does, just focus and keep looking, just like Daniel did. Okay, Psalms 4 and 4 says this, meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Okay, so ask the Lord to show you visions and sit quietly, lay on your bed and just sit with the Lord. And as it comes faintly, whatever may come, don't push it away. Grab a hold of it and press and allow the spirit of the Lord to unravel it before your eyes. And then write it down. Write it down. Write it down. And then next week as we come back and we go over lesson five, before we do, you can share with us the vision in which was impressed on your heart, on your imagination. Amen. Amen. I'm going to open it up real quick if there's any questions. Uh, any prophetic words that the Spirit of the Lord may have given you, hallelujah, uh, this is your time uh, to bring it to the forefront. So the floor is open, and everyone is off of mute, so come with your questions, come with your prophetic words. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. No one has anything they'd like to say? Amen, amen. Well, I just want to thank each and every person for joining us on tonight. I hope that this lesson uh, was edifying to you. Amen. Don't uh, just hang up and uh, go about your day. Uh, Take and meditate upon this. Let it sink in. Amen. Amen. Uh, This lesson is is really, I feel really important because we must understand that our imagination is made for God, by God, and that it's not just for kids, that our imagination is real, and the eyes as they open, our imagination begins to run wild with many different things that are going on in the spirit realm. And we must not just push them aside. We must take a look at them and come against them as the spirit of the Lord leads us. As the spirit of the Lord leads us. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give thanks, honor, and praise unto you, Holy Spirit, for guiding us through this lesson. We thank you for what it is that you have brought into us. I pray, Father God, that this word has not fallen to the ground, hallelujah, that is fallen on fertile soil, that we are not just hearers, but doers of your word, Father. We thank you, Father God, for those that are listening, hallelujah, those that have joined us today, those that will listen on podcasts in days to come. We thank you for those that will be listening in other countries, hallelujah, in Pakistan, hallelujah, Africa, hallelujah, India, hallelujah, glory be to God, and other uh, places throughout the world that has joined in, uh, and, and, and those that are, are attached to our podcast throughout, hallelujah, the world, as well as the country here in the United States. We thank you, Father. 
Hallelujah. We glorify you and we magnify you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Again, we thank you all and come join us here. Hallelujah. On Monday, hallelujah, for power surge. Oh, my God, my God. We are, we are seeing so much healing and deliverance take place through the prayers, hallelujah, of the righteous as we come together under one mind and one accord. Y'all invite a friend. Tell a friend, hallelujah, MBKI's prophetic power surge is on point. Glory be to God. Bring a friend, bring a friend, bring a friend. Don't, don't, be, don't be selfish. Don't get it all for yourself. Share with someone else. Amen. Glory be to God. And remember this. Walk by faith, not by sight. We love y'all, and we will talk to you real soon. God bless you.